This is for the players. I'm Ryan Betson. I'm Max Cooper. And this is for the players, the pop culture as PlayStation podcast. Over 40 years of playing PlayStation and six plus years in that game's media combined. I'd like to thank you for joining us in this PlayStation conversation. This PlayStation conversation happens every Monday morning at 8 a.m. On, on podcast services, including Spotify and 9 a.m. on those YouTubes. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, please head on over to our socials. Check out our Facebook, Discord, Instagram, Twitter, all our links are in the description below. If you want to join the conversation as it happens, head over to twitch.tv slash thepopcultures where you can watch us record this show live. You can jump in the chat. You can become part of the show. It's a very, very cool experience. If you want to if you want to share the conversation, you can. Tell your friends, tell your family about this PlayStation pod. Go to your podcast service of choice. Give it a five-star rating, a written review. Or if you're watching us on YouTube, be sure to like, subscribe, comment, and... Uh, all that other YouTube-y things, you know, notification bell. Woo. And if you want to support us financially, you can at patreon.com slash thepopculturist or our merchandise store, popculturist.com slash shop, where you can buy shirts and other assorted shit with our logos on it. Max! How are you, my friend? Yeah, pretty good. I'm tired today, but... It's it's been good. It's been yes. a good week. So as you can see, we are uh, uh, doing remote again this week. We are both still in the lockdown free zone, woo. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Max had some things come up and he was unable to get out here. So we're doing the whole online only setup again. Mm. Just for this week, I, I'll be back in the studio next nah. week, especially to talk to talk proper ghosts. That's right. So we are better than not even in Barry lead. This will be our ghost of ghost of Sushima first impressions. That'll come later in the show, uh, and then our review will be coming the following week. Apparently, it's like fifty hours, dude. Apparently, it's a beast. Yeah, well, that's why I said to you, full disclosure, I refuse to try and finish it by this week. Yeah, <laughs> not. I completely understand. There is no way. I think I've put more time into it than you have at this point. Yeah, so I've I've been playing it for the last hour while my kid's been asleep. Mm. I'm, I said to Ali, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go get stuff set up. And, you know, she's asleep, so I'm just going to play some games at the same time. And, you, you got um, smooched last night as well, but... Um, yeah, so she... Um, we managed to... Yeah, no, I played for a smidge last night as well. Um, I didn't play too much. It's uh, I'm liking it so far, but we'll we'll, we'll talk get about into it more that. We'll, we'll get a little, little bit, a little bit of a sprinkle, a little bit of a teaser before we head into that. But how else is how like how's the week been, man? What else has been going on? Uh, you know, just work throughout the week, and then uh, yesterday, I'm a very very proud father. Today, we managed to get our uh, daughter to sleep in her big girl cot Aww. in her own room last night. Um, after last week's debacle of she lasted two hours and then just absolutely cracked the shit, so she slept <laughs> in our bed with us, this week she stayed in there the whole time. Very, Very good. nice. I mean, I know it's only one night. We'll try again tonight. Fingers crossed everything's fine again, but it's looking good. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a it's a good thing when it does happen. Like I said, James is uh, yeah, he got foot and mouth teething and uh, like a cold all at the same time, like a year and a bit ago. So he just kind yeah. of came in our bed at one time because like, that's the only way he would sleep, and then he hasn't left, <laughs> which is good and bad because it's it's uh, it's a relief having him there. It's nice, it's comforting, and like I'm, I'm sure I'd be anxious as fuck if he was at the back end of the house again. 
Uh, yeah. Except there's also the catch that he now brings his toys into bed and falls asleep. So last night I woke up on a dragon. Um, it was very pointy. It was not not the nicest nicest thing. But apart from the ghost of Sushimas, Max, because my week's been boring as fuck. So not a whole lot's happened. Uh, I built Thanos in my Marvel Crisis Protocol. Um, nice. That was that was a good bit of fun. That's a fucking expensive model, but it's huge. So it's him, and then his giant throne. So his throne's a big set piece uh, in the game. Oh, okay. It's awesome. Uh, but other than that, what have you been playing? <laughs> so I've I've been hitting the back catalog a little bit lately. Well, that's good. Um, so Dave Chatterway in the chat says he's been doing the exact same thing. I've been playing a little bit more of Horizon Zero Dawn. Nice. I have been playing Age of Empires 2. Is that, that uh, the, but, the fancy pants new definitive edition? Yeah, or the definitive edition. Yeah. So one of my friends recently built a PC and now there's eight of us all playing Age of Empires. It's quite fun. And I am not as good at that game as I remember myself man, being. Man, I had the same thing. <laughs> I was talking a big game uh, at work. So one, one, of my, one of my clients, he's a big fan of Age of Empires. Understandably, he's fucking awesome. So I was like, you can't be that good, man. I'll fight you. I'll take you on. He decimated both Paris and myself in like minutes it was yeah. actually really embarrassing for us i don't even know how he did it he's like shortcutting it and next thing there's like monuments and like barracks and everything and it was absolute chaos um but apart from that that's that's pretty much it obviously you know been playing ghosts but mm. but mainly yeah age of empires and so where and are you horizon at in horizon zero dawn? zero dawn so i am up to the um I've just gotten to that area that's like the big arena. Ah, yep, yep, yep. I'm, so, so I'm a little bit before you. I think. Yeah. yeah, in my replay, I'm a little bit before that. I think I'm heading there mm. right now. So I'm not, not we're yeah. pretty close. But that's not what I've been playing this week, even though I've been kind of wanting to. It's not what I've been playing. What I have been playing is the Spoods DLC. Yes, I saw that you sent me, you sent me a photo. Yeah, of, so- uh, I was essentially just killing time until Ghost of Tsushima came. Mm. Uh, so I was like, I oh, don't know, what can I play? What's nice and quick? Oh, Spoots. I want to do the Spoots before Miles Morales, the back end of this year. So sweet. I'll play that. So I went through the first one and the story is really good, actually. I really quite enjoyed the- Yeah, I, Black I thoroughly Cat. enjoyed them. Yeah, it's all sort of like, you know, intrigue about Black Cat having a son, quote unquote, and then that whole sort of story and, and working on like a sort of a, a C-list uh, villain with uh, with Hammerhead, sort of connecting that and then also bringing a bunch of the Sable gear back and just setting up a little bit of Miles and uh, and Peter Parker stuff as well, which is very, very cool. Um, yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. So I 100% of that as well. So I've, I've got the, and I've got the plat on the base game, 100% on DLC 1. I'm about halfway through DLC 2, and I'll 100% that as well. Um, and then I'll kick in 3 in a little bit later as well. But I'm a little bit pissed at the trophy setup for Spoods. Is you ha- like The only way to get 100% on all of it is doing the game again on New Game Plus. And I have no intention of doing that, even remotely. Mm. But it looks like you can just beeline. It's like it's all about just beelining the story on X, whatever difficulty to get the the hundred percent. But yeah, it's like what twenty five hours. I'm like, I want to play. Other I mean, things. it's probably. I mean, granted, it's probably not twenty five hours in New Game Plus when you've got all your suits, your, all your upgrades. You can skip the cutscenes. That's very true. You, you know, you're, it's probably significantly shorter. Yeah, yeah, but because it's on like butthole difficulty like that'll be the big problem i think well see that's that's currently what's been stopping me from going back and doing the final fantasy 7 remake 
plat. Yeah. It's despite the fact that there's a chapter select, it's you've got to beat all of the chapters on the hardest difficulty. And despite the fact that I get to keep all my gear, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, like I was getting muffed up in like um, just little uh, uh, side things. It's like, hey, there's this mm. little side mission. There's these two char- two enemies. You want to take them out? I'm like, sure. Just decimating me. I'm like, I wouldn't put on any higher at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's the, the big thing. So I've been working on Spoods and work- and and chipping away at Ghosts as well. But uh, yeah. So before we jump into in in uh, our new section, I will all, all as we do every week to keep me accountable. This is the Ryan Get Less Fat update. As of this morning, I have lost a total of nineteen point seven kilos. I am fucking this close to my halfway goal of twenty kilos. Like this close. So have you figured out what your uh, prize will be? No, no idea. Because it's that weird, like cause I think we talked about it last week with the with the with the tattoos. Like my, one of my friends pitched that I could get a, I should get a tattoo because I, I said I, I want something to celebrate, like that's permanent, like something yeah. on a shelf or something to remind me not to be that fat guy again, just sort of like to keep that make that real. And I was talking to Millie about it after we chatted, and she was like, "Sure, I got really got no problem with that." I'm like. You've always had a problem with me getting a tattoo. Why has this changed? I have a feeling she just thinks I'll puss out and not do it. And you know what? There is. She's I'm not right. gonna lie. There is a. Uh, <laughs> there is a running going on. <laughs> how long it will take you to puss out? On the, oh, on who's the tattoo? Oh, right, who, who's part of this bet? <laughs> is it you and my cast? It's just Millie. <laughs> <laughs> But speaking speaking of tattoos and Cass, as you mentioned, he's actually just booked himself in to get a Last of Us themed tattoo. Oh, really? Is so he getting the old big fern and moth? Uh no, I believe he's getting a um like Ali's hand holding it, the knife. Interesting. It looks, it looks all right. It looks I, right. I would have thought maybe like the Firefly logo or something would have been pretty cool, but I don't know. He's he's a bit of a strange kid. Yeah. I heard that. I have heard that. But yeah, so I'm like this close to my goal, and then once I pass it, that's then I'll look at it and and because I also have to take into account that I guarantee within like a week everything will be shut down again, so I might not be able to get it now. But we'll give it a little bit of time. Gotta work yourself up to it. Well, that's like that's the thing. It's, a, I don't know cost. I don't know who to go to. Uh, and I've got I've got a, I've got a, I've got a guy that I can put you on. You got to. a guy. I got a guy. All He's right. done all mine. Hook me up with hook me up and, with your and guy. Almost, and almost all of Ali's. That's that's good enough for me. Hook me up. Hook me up with this guy. But anyways, let's get into the section we call Inform the Players. We tell you about what happened this week in PlayStation. Now, as we do whenever we do a remote episode, Max and I will be going one-to-one on the news stories just to keep things fresh while there's less shit to look at. And Dash let's goes, I hope you like needles. I ain't two-faced. <laughs> Let's kick off with some PS5 news. Ooh. So, uh, earlier, uh, a couple of months ago, when, when all this pandemic started happening, everyone was worried that there wasn't going to be enough PlayStation 5s, Ryan. Everyone was like, we're going to get our pre-orders as quickly as possible. You know, production's shut down. It's going to be hard. Yeah, because chi- China obviously being the uh, essential ground zero of yeah. the current pandemic, uh, there was concerns about them getting to a point. And apparently they've, they're on the mend and they're doing well and like Foxconn's back up and running. So production is, seems to be going pretty smooth. 
Yeah, so Sony appears to have a real confidence in the PlayStation 5 also as it's increased its production on its next-gen platform. Previously, Sony had planned to ship between 5 to 6 million units by the end of March 2021. It now expects that number to be somewhere in the region of 10 million during the same time period, essentially doubling their production. Hell yeah. Which is good news. That's, that's, that's really good news, actually. So seeing as the PS4, if I remember right, sold like a million on day one in the US alone, I think it's a very smart call to sort of get that first shipment in like, yeah, the 10 of millions. Because um, like, obviously we'll, we'll be fighting for one here, here in Australia. Uh, mm. We'll endeavor to get one, at least both of us or one of us. We'll do some unboxings and some vids. Um, but- it's it, it is cool to know because like that t- I have a feeling that ten will go very fast depending on allocation. I mean, you know, that's ten million worldwide. That's in the grand scheme of things. It's not much. That's not much. This morning, Mister Jeff Keely, host of the Summer Game Summer Games Festival. Yeah, is Summer that- Games. So that's, yeah, that's uh, on, on yep. time of recording, which is uh, Saturday, so two in the Saturday. morning for here in Australia. Yes, Mr. Jeff Kelly went uh, got hands-on with the new DualSense controller. So on the stream this morning, he showed a DualShock 4 sitting next to the new DualSense controller, uh, showing that the DualSense is slightly larger. Keely also confirmed that the PS5 pad, or the, the DualSense controller, was a little heavier than the DualShock 4, which does make sense with it, all its uh, extra rumble features, its mm-hmm. haptic feedback, all that stuff. And he also confirmed that there are no back buttons on it after Sony released the back button ad- adapter for the DualShock 4. Yeah, so like you, so we see a couple of things. We show the front. He's, he's, he, you know, showing the triggers, so you can see very clearly the back. And the back is pretty much as you expect. It's just got the old like sticker and crap on it. But I mean, nothing too exciting. So it's got the whole two tone look as well, which you've seen with all this whole the undercarriage of the uh, you know the Gucci area of the controller is black, where the the top and back uh, is the white. So there's very clear design aesthetic moving across all. Uh, now that we've seen the console, we can kind of see how it all connects together. Yeah. Um, and the buttons themselves, which which are those sort of clear whitish buttons, I think they look all right. You know what I mean? I, I remember originally we were a bit hesitant, so it's good to see that. Okay, cool. You know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, at this stage where. We're now, what, five generations? Well, we're about to be five generations deep. It's not like we really need to... Although those symbols are iconic, we know where they're going to be placed. It's not like we ever look to go, where's triangle again? Where's circle? Yeah. Like, we should so, have that muscle memory to sort of know where they yeah, are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so on top of that, like, it's... I'm looking at it, and it does look... it. The shape of it does look a bit better. It is a bit more boomerangy if you if you remember back to the original concept of the PS3 controller, uh, the DualShock Three. It's it's just like okay, all right. It's not quite there, but it it doesn't have a bit more of a hook on it, which I think well, should be a better uh, con- con- in the feel in the hand, especially when, we, when we've done uh, like here on the channel, we've done reviews of like the Thrustmaster and the uh, Razer Raiju. They do have a bit more chonk to them and they have a bit more of that slight curve at the bottom. So it does well, see, fit I'm, in the hand a bit different. I'm the, I'm the same. I'm, I'm thoroughly looking forward to a slightly bigger controller because yeah. the one that I use um, is slightly bigger than that of a, a standard DualShock. Mm. Well, because although my although the Thrustmaster is just out of reach, it it does look very similar to the Thrustmaster actually. 
um, yeah. in terms of its of its shape, and that feels great in the hand actually. So, having seen it in hand, because previously it's just like here's a rendered it's picture a, of it, yeah, a, a flat two D picture of it, yeah, yeah, and like you know, so it's it's cool to see it in someone's hand, and even if it happens to be Jeff Keeley who seems to have his hands on everything, shout out to Jeff Keeley. Uh, <laughs> um, it was pretty, it was pretty interesting and fascinating to to see it in use, and we did get to see it in use as he was playing Astro's Playroom. So Astro's Playroom is uh, the a game that comes baked on the PS5. It is uh, a small mini game, very similar to Playroom that came on the PS4, and it's there to showcase some of the potential uh, uh, features of not the potential. It will. There is there to showcase the features of the PS uh, uh, DualSense controller. Uh, so the game, Summer Game Fest lead Jeff Keighley uh, had the chance to go hands on with both the pad and free title as part of uh, part of that live stream, and he couldn't stop showering praise into uh, the two of them, which makes sense because you have this cool opportunity. I imagine he's going to jerk that dick. Uh, Jeff explores various environments as Astrobot and gets up to all sorts of mischief. The PS5's adaptive triggers can be used to judge the weight of a jump while blowing into the controller itself will cause an in-game fan to spin. You can hear the footsteps of Astrobots through the speaker as well as uh, other slight audio, little audio cues. Keely also mentioned that Astro's Playroom will be a multi-hour game, so it sounds like we'll, we'll uh, have something to play around with for a while even as we wait for Big SP bigger PS5 games to come. Uh, he also had an interview with a gentleman from uh, Sony. I believe he was involved with either the control production or Playroom. I didn't remember which one. I didn't actually see the back part of it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as, as Reverend Puck mentions here in the chat, Jeff couldn't get the Sony guy to commit to any other color controller right now. And I imagine that makes 100% sense as well. Like there's no, they're not going to be able to, get, you know, they haven't even released this one yet and production's still going. They could be like, here's other colors. <laughs> what did you think of the uh, Astrobot footage? It looked all right. Um, like I said, like, well, like, um, you know, like like the article said, you know, people will use it to uh, tie themselves over while they're downloading or installing another title. I think it's cool that it's baked in that it gets to show off the the controller's new uh, the new tech. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Astrobot as a character after playing Astrobot Rescue Mission. Uh, so it's cool that they've brought him back. Uh, some of the, some of the stuff is a bit, you know, uh, seemed a bit silly, like the blowing into the controller to make the fan spin and stuff like that. You know, no. it's just it's it's there to just kind of show off that they can do it. I can't really see them using it in too many other things. Yeah, it does seem a little bit hokey in that sense, and I guess that the I've I feel like I've seen that before. Like, as long as I'm not playing the next Assassin's Creed game and I've got, like, a, a blow dart gun and I have to blow into my controller to shoot the enemies, like, no, I don't want that. No chance. I'm, I'm- like, if that was if that's part of it, I am doing it. Um, <laughs> let alone with Corona. You don't want to be, like, blowing and spitting on your controller, you know? Um, but, yeah, look, it does look a little bit hokey in terms of because it is there as a yeah. tech demo. It does hit a lot of those, like, traditionally hokey sort of tech demo bits. And okay, cool. I said I'm similar to you. I, I think uh, that Astrobot is a great little uh, mascot for for PlayStation right now. He's cute. He's adorable. His game's great. Um, it's it's a great little setup. And as you said, what we, while people are waiting to install big new games, it's it's worthwhile uh, time. Speaking of games that are coming to the PS5, though, Max, Segway, Godfall. Godfall. So speaking with GameSpot, the game director Keith Lee explains Not how the the, Lutus- uh, the the two the two time uh, so the champ the NXT heavyweight and North American champion Keith Lee basking his glory. 
Not him. <laughs> Not him. Well, Keith Lee explains how the Looter Slasher plans to do this. Quote, what's exciting about the DualSense controller is the fact that it has stereo vibration in terms of its rumblers, as well as resistance on the triggers. So one of the things that you can do is to create for the first time a sensation of your weapon hitting another weapon and how it will resonate. The fact that if you're sliding across the ground, depending on the surface of the material, you might slide on gravel or sand or water. The way the vibrations work really feel like uh, that of the surfaces you are sliding on. So it's a lot more powerful in terms of creating an experience. Lee goes on to state that since Godfall is an experience all about melee combat, the range of different weapons on offer makes the DualSense controller incredibly exciting for them. Weapons will clash with one another in a number of different ways, and Counterplay Games is looking into ways of telegraphing to the player that an enemy is about to attack you from off screen. Yeah, this is a game that I'm still not like even remotely interested in. Um, what about you? It looks cool, but I have a feeling that it's going to fall into Destiny's trap of if the grind isn't fun, mm. what's the point? Well, because like for these sort of games and servicey things, like I know you're a big Destiny guy back in the day as well. Like, so not even those like that looty shootery, but melee twist kind of even entice you. Like it's it does seem cool, but like I said, like so the the end game of those games is hunting for the loot that you want with the perfect role on that loot for its abilities mm. and if the if that grind if that if that gameplay loop isn't fun and you're spending the majority of your time doing said gameplay loop it gets repetitive if it's not fun mm. and it just doesn't it's just not worth the effort and that's why i've fallen so hard off destiny lately because the grind wasn't rewarding enough and wasn't fun to do the same thing over and over again to get that that one piece of gear that you want. Mm. So until they until they make a way to to uh, as long as like the sandbox rules are fun and exciting and it entices you in a good way to to do that loop, it's it's a hard sell. Yeah, because like I, I like the the looter slasher idea. I think it's a I think mm. it's a very good. Uh, switch on what's becoming very popular. And I, you know, because especially with the looter shooter market being so flooded right now, it's certainly like there, there needs to be some sort of reinvention or uh, yeah. sort of modification. And this might be the right way to go about it. I don't really care personally because looter shooters aren't, aren't my angle. Um, I, I like what they're saying here about bringing the DualSense uh, connectivity in. Now, this is not the first time they've mentioned it from, from my recollection. I feel they've said it before, um, but it looks yeah. like they've got a bit more detail here, which which is nice. I, I just hope that because they did this when the DualShock 4 first came out, everyone's like, oh, it's got a touchpad. We're going to use it. We're going to use it. And, and every game in the launch window or soon after that, everyone had a gimmick with the touchpad or the buttons or doing something like that mm. and then all of a sudden in the back end of it it just became a way to open your map it yep. was just a big button very rarely did the touchpad get used so i'm hoping that- i still love the touchpad though i i, I like <laughs> so, having the big button even if it's even if it's just a big button i like yeah. it being a big button so, so i'm hoping that the the new bells and whistles of the dual sense mm. gets gets used more often and buy more things and not just as a gimmick throw in at the start to show it off. And then it kind of gets forgotten about by the end of the. Yeah. Cause like, I do wonder if you, if you the- know, if you know what I mean, like, yeah. I don't- 
Because in the same vein, because the, 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 the haptic feedback they've been talking about is very similar to the HD rumble that was present in the Nintendo Switch, or at least the original Nintendo Switch, big fat fucker. Mm. And then, obviously, Nintendo didn't... They've, they've not cared about it so hard that they removed it from their Switch Lite. So you can tell they just don't care about it. Um, so that was gimmicky as shit, as with most Nintendo controllers when they launch. I have a feeling that there, there will be some games that use that haptic feedback, but then there'll be many that will just create standard rumble from it. Um, but yeah. it all depends if Xbox are doing something similar with their controller, which I believe the Xbox One had something similar already. So maybe if it's uniform across both platforms, they're more likely to want to pursue that as a, uh, uh, to make it more less of a gimmick and more of something that everyone can enjoy. Because once you start, you know, even though consoles at their core are based on exclusives or unique feature sets to separate the competition, from a developmental st- uh, point, point, if you are someone that works across both companies, you're not going to invest that extra time for essentially nothing. So if it yes. is if it is across both, you're, we will see it used in your more popular games, your Assassin's Creeds, your uh, Call of Duties, you know, th- those big hitters, like maybe even like your FIFAs, so you that feeling of the grass or like kicking of the ball, etc. Um, that is where you'll see it only if it's across both. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of big titles that go across both platforms, Far Cry 6, uh, as we discussed last week at the Ubisoft Forward Conference, it was fucking announced. Far Cry 6 is real. It's happening. It's got old Esposito, uh, uh, Gus Fring, Breaking Bad, front and center. Ooh, that trailer is dope. Now, because when we recorded last week, uh, Max, the, the, we hadn't, it hadn't dropped. It hadn't happened yet. Mm. What do you think? As someone who has come into the Far Cry series late, mm. as in I think I've only played Far Cry 5, mm-hmm. um, I really enjoyed Far Cry 5. Um, and now that currently all the Far Cries are on sale at the moment, I've been really tempted to pick up- um, yeah, I know everyone raves about Far Cry 3, so I've been tempted to pick that up. It's like 10 bucks, not even. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I-, I as much of a shill as I am, I currently have a Uplay Plus subscription because, you know, it's free skis at the moment because of Uplay Forward. Mm. Uh, so, uh, all the Far Cry games are currently free for me, so I might check them all out. Give it a- Maybe. Give it a bill. Give it a bill. Mm. Uh, in the chat, Reverend Park jumps in and adds that uh, three and four, yes, mm. Blood Dragon, uh, and one and two is up to you. So, I, so I, I, number one didn't really do it for me because it was mostly PC. Never really spent time with it. Uh, the second one I spent, I played a lot with one of the first games I got on my PS3. Uh, and yeah, it was cool except for all it's like, uh, there were some moments that there were, there were attempts at realism in the game that kind of took away from it, uh, with the idea of like your gun jamming, you have fucking malaria the whole time. And every time you cross an intersection, there's someone there ready to shoot you. That was really frustrating. I hated that shit. Number two, three is fantastic. Um, I believe I've never finished it, which is a shame because I love it. I, I really, really enjoy my time with it. Four, I've never played, even though I like the idea, like the whole Nepal setup. Uh, five, fantastic. I love Five mm. so much. New Dawn, brilliant, which is the sort of the the spin-off to Far Cry 5. Um, it's got a, it, there was a lot of 
a lot of things that they implemented in New Dawn that I think will will be seen going forward, or at least t- potentially. There's a lot of like RPG elements in terms of uh, sort of uh, colored level systems for your weaponry. Uh, it had a co-op, so you and a friend, so we could pl- you play together and storm base and whatnot. So good, good friend of the show, Padge. He and I uh, did a, lo- a lot of that game together, which was great. Uh, but yeah, no, Far Cry 6 looks awesome. I do wonder where they're going to go because I think Far Cry 5 had some really awesome things to say uh, in terms of the idea of that like culty religious setup, you know, about that as a concept. Now, granted, because no no development studio is bold enough or brave enough to commit to what they have to say, right? They're like, oh, no, this isn't a commentary on religion. This is just a game we're telling a story. Like, no, dude, you guys are saying something fucking fierce about religion all right same as division two apparently division two wasn't political yeah yeah it was um and i think they're the go i hope they go with the route of far cry six like oh no no we're, we're you know this is about a dictatorship you know and like they, if they think- don't tackle that shit correctly then it, then it's not as for fun but do you think that ubisoft is the company to do that no they never have been but like i you know they they can't stand there and make these accusations of their their games aren't political when they are the story premises are incredibly political and they're they're picking and choosing what they believe to be a you know political stance because they don't want to aggravate anyone and i think that's probably one of the big reasons why last of us is getting the bunch of shit that it has is because they have something to say and they've doubled down on it and they've committed to it and that will cause backlash. But as we'll talk a little bit later, that game's selling fucking gangbusters, man. Like, mm. there, there seems to be this understanding or this agreement that movies and books, they, they're art, man. They're, they are the thing. They they can say things and do things to make you feel, make you understand. But, but games, man, nah, it's just mindless shit. You know, it's like you're not supposed to hit those things. And I'm hoping with Far Cry 6, they go down that route and they actually have something to say and they're amazing. When you have an actor uh, like Esposito, like, it's going to be awesome. He is going to be a beautifully cool, calm, calculating fucking villain. And, you know, we see him with uh, with his son. I'm not sure what the story is there, but the whole like, the whole premise of the trailer was that, you know, as a dictatorship, there is a balance between the power that we have and the people. And it's important for us to ensure that balance and show that we are the fucking boss. And like, that sounds horrible. I like it. Mm. No, I agree. I, I look forward to seeing what they do with it. Especially, like I said, I thought Far Cry 5 was absolutely phenomenal. So I hope they continue on that path that they had, that, that they set up for themselves in Far Cry 5, yeah. I completely agree. But, yeah, so with the announcement of Far Cry 6 this week, that did also mean the re- the announcement of their collector's edition because that's what Ubisoft does. They have the standard, the silver, the gold, whatever, and a collector's edition. Uh, this one, it obviously it comes with the game. It comes with the season pass with uh, three lots of DLC within that season pass. Uh, a collector's case, which I presume is like still book. Yep. An art book, because they always come with one. Ten stickers, a soundtrack, a soundtrack, a, a chorizo keyring, which I thought chorizo was meat, so that's interesting, um, and a map of Yara, which is the area that you will be spending the game in. And, of course, the big ticket item that comes with these collectors, it's no statue, Max. It's a 72-centimeter replica flamethrower that you have to so, put together. So, full disclosure, when I first read this story... I did not see the word replica, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to get a flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> like, take my money. 
<laughs> I was like, Elon Musk is working with them. They're going to give me a not a flamethrower, and <laughs> this is going to be great. But yes, that's going for about two hundred bucks uh, US. So I expect three fifty here Australian. Um, yeah. Is a model flamethrower enough to get you excited? Not for th- not for that price. It's not mm. no, but. I will definitely be getting this game. <laughs> yeah, I'll be getting the game. I won't be getting. Um, I won't be getting it. Uh, the puck confirms in the chat. Ch- uh, chorizo is meat. However, it's just the handicapped dog's name in this game. <laughs> so it's a it's a character, not an actual like a little thing of sausage. Uh, Dash asked the question: Are you guys going to talk about the new FMV game? We'll jump that in the quick bits. Uh, Padge it will also be getting that flamethrower for sure. Yeah, P- friend of the show, Padge, who some seems to somehow earn to get collector's editions, he'll have that shit, no question. Yeah, I know. Ro- yeah, we have to roll your eyes at Padge because it's just I don't know how he does it. He absolutely does it. But uh, yeah, I don't have any room for that that prick anyway. I'll just I'll just play the game. Just give me the game, damn it. Just mount it on the have it drop down from the ceiling. Yeah, <laughs> just hang. Well, I've got, so I've got the, uh, you know, you guys can't see, but I've got the Kratos axe made by uh, Ethan from Tag Mods in here. Maybe we can get, maybe I can just start hanging shit from the walls. We'll get like one of those crazy restaurants with shit on the walls in here, you know? Speaking of crazy shit, mm-hmm. let's let's talk some No Man's Sky. Oh, No Mansky. No Long Mansky. time, no so, chats. Mm, so last month, No Mansky received a cross-play update, but this month- uh, a new up- it's receiving a new update called Desolation. It adds a completely new playable environment to its vast reaches of space in the form of abandoned freighters filled with loot and story beats. This is a free patch and will work in both the standard and VR modes. So once you've gathered all the salvage you can carry, you'll need to plan your escape route. But it's here where you'll start to encounter some problems. Sean Murray, founder of Hello Games, said, quote, In the panic to flee the ship, hazardous items spill out, defense systems get scrambled, and environment controls begin to fail. Some vessels may even be o- o- may have even been overrun by hostile alien lifeforms. You may want to take some friends along to increase your chances of making it out alive. I love the fact that these guys are still giving love to No Man's Sky after its poorly received launch. Were you were you someone that was on the hype train for Nemansky on launch? Yeah. Yeah. I bought it. I pre-ordered it. I pre-installed it. I played it and I was a little soured by it. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I have been back since mm. and the game is kinda really good now. Mm. Um so I'll definitely I think I've still got it installed, so I I will probably most likely check this stuff out. Yeah, man. So I like, like the idea of being able to raid freighters in, in, in space and get what I can get. Like, I remember playing this at launch and I was like, what the fuck? Like, I wasn't. You might burp everywhere. I wasn't as, like, hate filled as everyone else. I was like, this game is fine. Like, it's. Mm. it's I, I, I think I reviewed it at the time I gave, like, a five when we were reviewing, when we we're giving scores. It was, like, right down the middle. Like, the game's fun, it's entertaining, but, like,. There ain't much else to it, man. So, you know I mean? Yeah, so when I first played it, I think I I, I com- completed it. I like I got to that center of the universe position that you were mm. you were trying to get to. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then I realized that the fun in this game is not doing the game, it's playing and experiencing everything that it has to offer. Because yeah. I so. did try to go back around what was their big update that happened? 
So that, I think that was the multiplayer one where they yeah, added was, they added true multiplayer where like, you could actually play with friends. It's like August a couple years ago. Yeah, I think so. I think it was about a year ago, maybe. Yeah, maybe I remember checking it out and I was like, oh, cool. The gameplay loop's exactly the same. Mm. Like, because <laughs> it, it's a really, it's an interesting point. Like, you can add all this crap to it, but when the when the core gameplay is not entirely riveting. And I fucking love farming games, man. Like, mm. repetitious gameplay is my shit. And yet yeah. somehow No Man's Sky didn't really get get me in that way. So when you're adding all this cool fluff and stuff around it, there are still there is still an inherent problem with it. Mm. It's bones being being a concern. But obviously for you, th- those bones aren't, a, aren't an issue. No, no. I thoroughly enjoyed just exploring the worlds mm. and seeing what I could find doing all that kind of stuff. That's one of the reasons why I like, kind of like Minecraft so much. Yeah, no, Just I having can- having the I freedom can... to, to kind of do stuff, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I can agree with that. Look, because- Yeah, like, like- Yeah, go, sorry. No, go ahead. I was just like, like I said, I just wanted to reiterate, like, I love the fact that they're still looking after this game. They're still adding stuff. They're still trying to better it despite, despite their knowledge of how poorly it was received to begin with. I really do hope people check these updates out. Mm. Because they obviously care about the work that they've done. Well, yeah, like the amount of PR recovery they have, they've had to do. It's like they could have just taken money and run. But shout out to Hello Games for like still seeing it. And this is like what fucking three years, four years later, and they're still you know giving it a go. So yeah. Anyways, before we jump into the quick bits, let, let's just go through uh, as we can now do every week the top ten best-selling PS4 games in Australia. These are for the games week ending the twelfth of July, twenty twenty. They are in reverse order: number ten, Iron Man VR; number nine, FIFA twenty; number eight, Marvel Spider-Man; number seven, God of War; number six, The Last of Us Remastered; number five, Call of Duty: Modern Warfare; number four, Far Cry Three Classic Edition. This was the remastered version that came with Far Cry Five. You bought the season pass. Uh, Grand Theft Auto Five at number three. Number two, uh, Formula One 2020. And for the fourth week in a row, The Last of Us Part 2. Now, the interesting thing here, Max, is you've also thrown in the MPD. Now, the MPD is primarily for the for the US. However, what we're seeing here is, at least in the US, where obviously the big consumption of games is happening, uh, The Last of Us Part 2 was the best-selling game of June 2020, and it's even cracked the top three best-selling games of this year so far. Yeah, so I, you know, with all the, especially with all the hate around Last of Us and, and with the game being leaked before uh, its big its big story leak before before release, I find it interesting that despite everyone's angst towards it and they're saying that they're not going to do it, it's it's the number one top software of June, it's the number one PlayStation Four title of June, and it's the top three best selling game of twenty uh, of so far of twenty twenty across all platforms. So people are definitely buying it. Yeah. Um, which is good. You know, the game deserves to be played. Hell yeah, it should. And it's, and it's one of those situations of like all this uh, uh, controversy around it is anything is probably, you know, stirred more people wanting to buy it. Like Last of Us was already going to be a big title. Like that yeah. is a massive given. Like it was going to do well. It was going to be well. But now with this additional layer of, contro- of, of controversy- I, I also still find it I also still find it amusing that GTA five is still in the top five of like every month. 
Yeah. It's it's absolutely crazy. That game will last forever. I'll be playing it on my PlayStation 8. <laughs> Latin Call of Duty Modern Warfare as well. It's one of the best-selling games of this year. And on it's second on PS4, second of, for this month as well. So Call of Duty, mm. like, that game came out in October of last year, and it's still kicking ass this year. Yes. And that will be the case until the end of the year. All right, quick bits, Max. What we got? So jumping from uh, games to film... Earlier this week, Tom Holland posted on Instagram a photo of his Nate chair along with the quote, day one, hashtag uncharted. But it turns out, according to a statement sent to GamesRadar, the film crew is currently prepping and the company is, quote, hoping to start shooting soon. (laughs) So there is still time for another director to leg it. It will happen. Someone will bounce again. Now, did you see a photo of him recently where he just looks like Randy Orton? I I really enjoyed that. That made yeah. me laugh very hard. Uh, Destiny 2's Beyond Light has been delayed until the 10th of November. Yep. So this is a gnarly week. So I'm pretty sure, isn't uh, Cyberpunk that week as well? Uh, yeah. So uh, November 10th will be Destiny 2. Assassin's Creed Valhalla is 17th. Yeah. Oh, that got and, announced this week at Ubi Ford as well. And Cyberpunk is 19th. So there's two days between Valhalla and Cyberpunk. Fuck me. Guess, guess which one's not going to get played? <laughs> Bell <Hell. laughs> uh, we'll, uh, we'll do our very best to get on our uh, hands on those ones as, as early as best we can. Thankfully, we do have uh, some bit of w- connection with uh, both uh, Bandai Namco and uh, Ubisoft here in Australia. So we'll do our very best to, to at least give you both. Whether that means Max plays Cyberpunk and I play uh, Valhalla. You will get both. I'm, I'm definitely keen. I'm definitely keen to play both. Don't get me wrong. But it's about time. In terms of a reasonable time, we will oh, yeah. probably take one each. Speaking about Assassin's Creed Valhalla, if you're playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey at the moment, there are some new Viking-inspired outfits, Ooh. assumably hyping up for Valhalla. Marvel's Avengers gets a beta next month. The beta starts on August 7th if you pre-order the game, but the open beta will kick off August 21st. I'm going to email, I'm gonna email Square. I want to play the shit out of that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty keen to play that too. And a a, a last-minute addition to the quick bits. <gasps> f- former Argonaut Game CEO wants to remake Croc Legend of the Gobbos. The fuck you doing, mate? The game's trash. <laughs> that one's for you, Dash. <laughs> Apparently that one's for you, Dash. Yeah. No, not happening. That game deserves no remasters. You know what platforming games need, Max? Fucking tank controls. That's what you want. <laughs> you want when you have to jump from platform to platform, you know what we can do? Let's make it difficult for you to do that. <laughs> game sucks, asshole. I'll of- take your word for it because I've never played it. <laughs> Well, let's get into the main topic of the show, Max. That's that's uh, uh, chat you, to the players you're to- about you're totally selling me on it. <laughs> Ghost of Tsushima. So, Ghost of Tsushima is the latest uh, and the last PlayStation first-party release for the PlayStation Four generation. It is made by Sucker Punch Studios, who previously have made Infamous. Max, what is the base plotline here? So, Ghost of Tsushima is based on the historical Japanese setting. And developer Sucker Punch has invested extra effort into representing this backdrop accurately. Yes. Yes. Uh, The Seattle-based team collaborated with Sony Japan Studio to work on a full localization, and you can choose whether to play the title in English or Japanese. Which one are you playing it in? English, because I'm not that good at, like, 
playing so, subtitles in Japanese. When you voice. first open the game, when you first start the game, it gives you, I think it's, is it three options or four options? There are four options. So it gives you English, uh, English with, and the English, English with English subtitles, Japanese with English subtitles, or the Kurosawa mode is pretty much what Yeah. So they, I think they refer to the Japanese with English subtitles as uh, Japanese cinema mode. That's mm. the mode I'm playing in. Oh, you would. You uh, because I want the authentic voice, but I want to know what they're saying. So, <laughs> subtitles. Mm. Um, so, in addition, as you pointed out, the film worked alongside the Kurosawa estate to produce a black and white filter inspired by the legendary director's films. Have you dicked uh, about in the Kurosawa mode yet? I have not yet, but I have dicked about heaps in the photo mode. Yeah? So much so. It's, it's super fun. So... All of that uh, has clearly appealed to Japanese gaming bible Famitsu as it has been awarded a perfect score by the publication. This makes it the third Western game to ever receive a full 40 out of 40 from the publication, following The Elder Scrolls Skyrim and Grand Theft Auto V. But yeah, so for those that, for those that aren't playing, we'll give you a rundown. So you play the character of Jin, Saka- Jin Sakai, uh, who yeah. is uh, a samurai. Uh, there is a battle at the, the start of the game where the, it's right around the Mongol invasion. Uh, mm-hmm. So you have a almost like a Normandy moment where you fight on the beaches against the Mongol. Everyone gets fucked up. You take some arrows to the back. Yeah, you think your uncle's dead. He's Gonski. That that first scene, that like the very first thing that happens in that in that scene, is absolutely brutal, and I was not ready for it. Yeah, which was good. Yeah, that that poor dude. Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. Yeah, so the, the, so you come to you realize that you have been your wounds have been healed, and you are want to go. You discover your your uncle is alive, and that's as of you know the. Without too much further spoilers, that is your goal to start the game: is to go get your uncle, uh, your uncle back from the Mongols, and sort of help remove them from the island of uh, of Tsushima. Mm. So it is an open world game, very similar to the likes of Assassin's Creed. Probably the biggest vibe going for it right now. Yep. Um. But yeah. Let's let's talk about what how we are thinking. So how how long have you spent with it, Max? At this point, I've maybe played two and a half to three Ooh, your hours. Very so first far. impressions. So I'm very, I think I've done, I did like the opening prologue and I've done the first two missions. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So I'm I'm very early. So I've, I've only just really started getting into the open worldness of it. So I'm, I'm, I am, shit, I did three hours on stream. No, one, two, three. I think I did four hours on stream and I played about an hour a bit extra. So five, five and a half hours deep at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, uh, yeah, so I've done not a lot of the main quest. I'm kind of like, the way I tackle open worlds is I do uh, as many available you know, missions in this one area, go to the, the locations and then I move through. As I head towards whatever the next story beat is, I'm clearing as I go. So mm-hmm. even though I've been playing for like five, six hours, I may not be like super dense into the story, but I'm yep. experiencing the world. I'm taking a lot in. I'm seeing side characters. I'm doing all the little side collectibles. Uh, as I go, uh, one of the first things I really want to mention about this game, uh, because uh, we, we as as we've discussed in the past, uh, Japanese culture, samurais, all that shit is not for me. It is not my wheelhouse. I I honestly don't really care for it. However, 
I'm not hating it here. I'm in, I'm in, I'm not in, the story isn't pulling me in. It's not invoking emotion in me. Like when they hear about his uncle or these villages are getting mushed, I'm just like, I don't care. Like, you know, when, when I look about games like God of War or The Last of Us, where I am emotionally moved just by playing and experiencing the game and just how char- character beats, the story beats, I'm not getting that here. Um, but it has been mentioned in numerous reviews that the game sl- it starts kind of slow. So maybe I'm not over that first hurdle yet. What about yeah, you? So as, as of, I know you're very early, but is the story getting its hooks in you? Is it intriguing you in any way? Yeah, I like that. Uh, I'm liking it so far. Obviously, it's it, uh, like, like you said, I'm very early in, but it seems like it's one of those uh, almost re- revenge questy. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're, you're. It's not so much as uh, it's, it's a big re- rescue mission. Yeah, you know, you're you're trying to find and save your family. So. But I, I love that. I love that era. I love that style. I'm loving the artwork of the game. It's it's it, it's hitting all the right all the right beats for me. Yeah, like I agree with that. Like from a because uh, I said that the game, I, I had a feeling that the the thematically, like, I'm not going to care about the game. But like mm. d- from its design standpoint, I'm I I, f- I find it quite quite attractive even if this menu system is is like you know ink on pap- on papyrus or like. A, a, mm. a, paper i guess so that part looks really sick like i really quite like that design aesthetic um and the world itself is is stunning it's absolutely stunning so the big question is ryan yes which horse did you pick i picked the gray one which is the third one and i named him kage or which i I thought was cage which apparently translates to shadow um even though it also sounds like chicken karage which is what i used to get from rice workshop so i picked the black one Mm. And I also named him Kage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my uh, my horse and name were picked selected from the chat during the stream. I have been enjoying streaming it though because I'm not yeah. like super invested in it in terms of the. Uh, I'm enjoying it, but I'm not like super focused on what the game has to offer in terms of its story. It's allowing me to fuck ass around and have a good time. Well, see, so I'm that, enjoying streaming. That, it. that was one of the other reasons I picked to play in Japanese cinema mode. Mm. Because when I'm playing it, I now have to focus because I can't I can't get distracted and look at another screen because they're speaking Japanese mm. and I need to I need to read the subtitles. So it makes me focus and take notice of things more. Although in saying that, I would also always pick Japanese and uh, uh, subs subs and uh, subs over dubs any day of the week. <laughs> No, I don't have I don't so, have a stance on argument because I don't watch the animes. But um, I I am looking forward to uh, trialing in Kurosawa mode. I do like the idea of it being in black and white. I think it would add an extra touch to it. Mm-hmm. But the game looks so pretty. Yeah, so like, <laughs> like it's so it's so colorful and vibrant. It, it's it would almost be a shame at the same point to turn it into grayscale yeah and that's because like, i did think about in the kurosawa mode this morning and it was that exact thing it was like the world is so bright and colorful and stunning like i didn't want to take away from it like i've just come off of the last of us where the entire mm. palette is grays and browns like yeah i don't need that shit i want color that's another reason why i played spider-man and i played spongebob because they're all colorful <laughs> and happy you know what i mean and this even though the storyline yeah. is a bit sad and you know as you're trudging through a worn torn uh, japan like it's still bright colorful and pretty and that's and that's amazing yeah um so how are you finding the combat because that's probably the big thing here 
combat is I'm finding that I'm really enjoying the combat. I think uh you know as they as they pointed out in their uh was it the state of play that they did on it where they 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 talked about how quickly it is to kill the enemies. Yeah man. They wanted to make it really funny. You're 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 knocking people out in one, two, three hits. Yeah. And and it's the same for you if you get if you get hit twice you're out. So what difficulty um, are you playing on? So I'm playing it on medium. Same. Yeah. So they had three um, levels it's like easy, medium and hard. Yeah, so I've I've found that dudes with spears are really annoying. Fuck them, fuck them hard. And the guy with the big like big mace thing, he's a dick too. I don't like him. And and you have to, much like they keep reiterating of that, you know, the samurai fights with patience. If you're not patient, you're going to get yourself killed very quickly. Yeah. So- because so sometimes they just do like rando combos out of nowhere. Like they'll hit you once and then step back. And then hit you once, and then step back, and then all of a sudden they're just hitting you six times, mm. and you're expecting them to step back, so you push in to to kill them, and then they just wreck your day. Yeah, yeah. so I've I've already died a couple of times. Uh, so I think I'm on care- like nine. Because I've been doing it through. Because with the stream, we've had like a bit of death counter going on. I'm on like mm. nine, ten deaths at this point, um, and that's only you know a couple of hours. Just because I I so as you mentioned, like I I didn't have that patience. I pushed in, and then I hundred percent got fucked for it. Um, <laughs> But like the 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 gameplay is pretty is pretty simple, you know. It is it's block, it's light attack, heavy attack. The heavy attack can break shield, or you know, break their um, like their their stamina, I guess, which allows yeah, it kind you of to, br- breaks through their blocking. Yeah, their, their shield break, yeah, block, block break, yeah. yeah. Um, so a lot of it is waiting, watching their uh their movements, look for the tell, go head on in, um. So at its core, it's quite simple, which I think is a, certainly a positive because from the, the the chats in the streams, people were expecting more in the line of like Sekiro or a Soulsborne style gameplay. And that's yeah. not here, which is nice. Um, it, it is pretty much very, it is Assassin's Creed. Like it's got the light, well, especially the new wave of Assassin's Creed anyway. Um, so have you done any of the stealth stuff yet? Uh, yeah, so I... Um, I just did the. I just finished the stealthy, the first mission stealthy. So you know you get the your your listen mode. Mm-hmm. Um, you have those one hit kill assassinations if they're if they're if they're not aware of you. Uh, I think my favorite thing that this game does is the standoff mode. Oh yeah. So anytime an enemy first spots you, you can hit up on your D pad and it goes into standoff mode where you will where you will duel them one v one. And you stand there. You hold your you hold your blade at the ready, and as soon as they go to attack you, you just, and you wreck that you wreck their day, and then their mates will come and kill you. Yeah. So I've also <laughs> unlocked a secondary standoff. So I I do one. I go slice the first guy. His friend comes. I'm like, bam! You're gone too. So I can now oh, do wow. like two in one oh, standoff, cool. which is very very okay. cool. But yeah. So in terms of the stealthy gameplay, uh, I, I'm enjoying it. I'm I'm feeling it because like there is that in terms of the story, there is a bit of. Uh, uh, contention around it because mm. that stealthy isn't the way of the samurai they're yeah. supposed to like you know if you want to kill them you kill them face to face you know what i mean yeah like there's that honor in that and here i am fucking shanking dudes in the kidneys and stuff you know um so i like it. It, it 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 is fun to sort of pick off a a uh a fort without anyone spotting you that's the standard in any game really but as as of right now, I've unlocked a couple of different weapons. So I have, uh, I obviously have the the katana and whatever the smaller katana is. What are those small ones called? Uh the um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I can't think of it. At the, 
Katani, I don't know. Katana and a a Katani. There we go. Um, I've also got a longbow and I've just recently unlocked. uh, So I unlocked the kunai a little while ago, which are these little little, little, little throwing knives. knives, And I've just unlocked some uh, uh, like essentially bombs. So I've just got the bow. Mm. That's where I'm at. I just got the bow. Yeah. And what I really am enjoying in terms of its control screen when it comes to combat is... It, it is the ability to swap between weapons is quite straightforward. So if you're rather than like triangle, whatever, or a weapon wheel, if you want to switch between your throwing weapons, you hold down your L2 as if you would, to, you know, normally when you go to like light, uh, down a site with a bow, using the, using the face buttons, you then swap between your weapons it's like hold that da, 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 da. so you can go from arrow to 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 kunai to mm. to grenade to what other weapons you get throw weapons you get later on um which i love that's that's like really intuitive uh, uh really intuitive design there and that also goes around the idea of uh different different ammo type as well so when you hold um hold that button you can start switching between you know f- fire arrows or regular arrows or whatever and same goes for stances, because you also un- once you start clearing out forty and you take out leaders, you unlock skill points to go towards uh, unlocking different fighting stances for your sword play. So you start off with the stone, and then you then there's uh, water and air. It's a slight different variants, and each of them have their own uh, different positives against particular enemy types. So you can and because it's all relatively intuitive you'll just hold r2 which isn't a, isn't an attack button anyway because it's square and triangle so as you hold that you then you change to your stance and you and next thing you know you're going from two-handed to one-handed and as enemies come at you you can quickly change your stance depending on the enemy that's coming and it's really smooth and i find it re- it does give you that added advantage during gameplay so nine times out of ten i'm really shit and i forget to change stances so i'm just like hacking fuckers and then like oh shit hang on that guy's got a shield if i change this guy and then i have a bit of a smoother uh better Mm. experience yeah so i've i've just killed my first leader so i don't have a stance unlocked yet yeah so i'm looking forward to that but it's it's been fun so far um also going back to the stealth mechanics it's very forgiving it is a bit, like yeah. It's got, it's, it's got the similar detection to that of Assassin's Creed, like you said. So you get the little, you get the little bar, and as they as they keep looking at you, it extends. So you can, you know, you can go run into tall grass or duck behind out of sight, um, and they'll 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 come and check out the area. But generally, they you know they won't raise the alarm unless they fully uh, until that essentially countdown timer counts down. Mm. Um, I also love how. Uh, interactive the world is when combating enemies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, for instance, I just finished the the mission where you where you get the bow, and it's like, oh, hey, that's a that's a hornet's nest. If I if I was to shoot that hornet's nest, they would get stung by the hornets. I'm pretty sure well they'd be mad arrows. at those people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there's obviously the classic red explosive barrel. Mm-hmm. Um. And then it's, it teaches you to, like, if you shoot torches, sparks will fly out and things catch on fire. Yeah, so once you get the flaming arrows, like, say the enemies are coming at you from down a hill, you can shoot the grass or just light the grass up in, fire in front of them. Yeah. Mm. So I found that very interesting. I accidentally burnt down the grass that was a hiding patch, so I couldn't sneak in anymore because I set that on fire by accident. Bold strategies. Just- <laughs> 
<laughs> it didn't work out very well. No, not at all. Um, uh, the, the, um, moving on from that, I, I'm, I'm loving the mechanic of the, uh, what's it, what do they call it? Um, the, the little yellow circles there, um, oh, the resolve, the resolve meter. Yeah. yeah so every time, well, I got a resolve for, for doing a, a bamboo cutting yeah. challenge. Which yeah. I so throughout was, the world, there's a, a series was, of mini games that you can do to, to increase your resolve. So when mm. we, when they originally showed the state of play a little bit a while ago, uh, they, we saw there was there in the bottom of the corner, we could see it filling up, we could see it being used, but it was never explained to what the resolve was. We're here primarily from what I've experienced so far is it's, uh, it's a little feature to help you unlock health. It, and then mm. you use it to sort of use uh, harder attacks. Like I recently just unlocked one called Heavenly Strike. So that is like a slightly fancier yeah. move. And they, that uses some resolve. And then you gain resolve when you take people out. And so it's, it is that slight risk and reward. So if you start chomping up a place, you're going to get that and you get your health back. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I love mechanics that, that have that risk reward of you, you're low on health, but you get health. You need to push forward and, yeah. and continue doing that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it is very cool. So like, as I said, even though the game at its core isn't interesting, isn't interesting to me because I'm not a fan of that Japanese culture. There, there's an, there's enough within the gameplay to keep me going. Now for the nature of the show, we will still fit. I, I will still finish it. Um, and we'll, may, may not have that because it's like 50 hours apparently. So we may not have it by next week, but it may be the week after. Well, if not, we'll give you an update in the coming week. Um, mm. do you reckon you'll be able to get, get to the end of it by then? Oh, I hope so. I'll definitely be playing it almost every day. So big dork. I'm so proud. <laughs> give it a crack. Um, so yeah. So, that, so I do have some thoughts, uh, from the, from the community. So mm-hmm. I reached out. This is a section we call, uh, from the players that's all the the people that watch and enjoy our show uh this is we got so a a good friend ghost in the machine he added that he is stunned he goes this is literally the assassin's creed japan that i've been waiting for with a little slice of the witcher for good measure now as someone that really didn't spend a lot of time with the witcher do you see that comparison here max yeah the witcher combat's very similar it's got your it's got your light attack your heavy attack um yeah i can see that the Mm -hmm. open worldness of it the collecting yeah yeah, well, very. Yeah, definitely uh, can say it. Additionally, Vermont National Tiles. Now, you guys at all can also contribute to the conversation if you if you head over to Twitter. That's Twitter at Popculturists, or also our Twitter handles, which you can see below our faces. Um, they've added. I've seen enough that it makes me want to go buy it. So he obviously he hasn't picked it up yet. Uh, it's getting a lot of Horizon Zero Dawn vibes to him, and that is one of his favorite PS4 games. Uh, Benny. Uh, He's also added it has it has a, f- a few gameplay and animation issues that I have gripes with, but the world and environment far outweigh those minor things. That I would agree with. Um, there, there's a couple of animations like the 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 outfit that I'm currently wearing. When it when I go into a duel, I it does that you know like from the back of the thigh shot onto the enemy. Uh, a part of it keeps going through my shawl or my cape. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, like you, you, by zooming in down there, it's really showing that clipping and it's actually pretty bad. So I'm, that, I'm like, oh, that's a, it's a little bit shit, but what are you going to do there? Um, additionally, I've found when you run up a hill, the, the feet of uh, Jin don't change. So it looks like you're just digging your feet into the world and run. 
Like it's like the mm-hmm. one same, there's like one run animation and regardless of going up or down a hill or left or right, it's literally treating it like a straight plane. Um, yep. But yeah, have you had any sort of any gameplay hiccups or gameplay I issues? haven't had any, I haven't had any hiccups yet. But it's early days, and I'm notorious for getting hiccups in games. Giving it time. Yeah. Uh, I'm over on that Facebook group, uh, Stephen Butcher jumps in and goes, very, very, and pretty, and fun. So very, very pretty and fun. Haven't finished it yet, obviously. <laughs> but I can, I can see it being a very empty world once completed. Mm. I think that I, I would say that's probably very likely the case because once you sort of finish it in an area, especially as you start unlocking stuff, there's no real reason to go back. Like there are sort of hub towns which will have merchants and different things that you need, but there's, as of right now, the only difference is what that town has compared to another. There's no like town exclusive gear or town exclusive, um, you know, designs or cause you know, you can fully customize your, your, your character. That's all right. So there's not a real reason to go back there once you've cleared it out. It's a bit of a shame. Uh, Long-term supporter of the show, Sean Levitt, jumps in with his final statement. Love the art style. Beautiful game. Gameplay looks to have good depth. I would have have killer hay fever if I lived in this world. I would agree with that. Due to particles flying around in the air at all times. There is constant leaves and pollen fucking everywhere, and I'm watching it, and I'm getting congested. Like, Mm. I'm straight up with Sean there, man. That is gnarly. But, oh, before we do, one thing I do want to discuss, though, Max, um, because we talked about this prior to the to it coming around as well, around the uh, the wind system, mm. where there was no waypoints. It was all the wind would direct you where you needed to go. There were subtle cues from animals in the world around you, whether that be foxes, whether that be birds. How are you finding it in practice? There are some times where it is very difficult to follow the wind, mm. um, and I find it generally when you're when you're moving into the direction that the sun is facing in front of you. Yeah, you can't see the wind. Because cause you get, yeah, you, you just can't see the wind. It's very, you get that, that screen glare that comes with it depicting the sunlight mm. and you just can't see. Yeah, it's trying to be all cinematic and can, sort of gets lost a little but bit. But you can, like, the, the, the control to uh, see the wind is to swipe up on the, on the, on the touchpad. And you can do that as often as you want. So you can just keep swiping as you're running. Yeah. And you can kind of, you can kind of follow your partner. It's not, it's not too difficult to follow, but it's, it's as subtle or as invasive as you kind of want it to be by how, how quickly you need to swipe to, to, to get back on track. Yeah. The one, the one thing that I had with it that was originally a concern as I started playing was that because it kind of just pushes the wind in one direction. It's not specifying whether it's up or down because there is a lot of verticality yeah. in this world. But I find that if you're, if it wants you to go up a hill and you're at that precipice, you know, like, do I go up? Do I go down? Or do I keep going flat? The wind will actually hit it and go up if it wants you to go up. So it's, it's yeah. clearly indicating that it needs you to go up. I had that. I came to a sheer rock face and it just flew. The wind went into the rock face and then straight up. Mm. And I'm like, okay. And then I found some handholds to climb up. But yeah. So uh, that's, that, before we jump into the, the last section, because that's what, it, what are your complete first impressions at this point? Um, I'm okay, really so I've enjoy- said at this point like nine times this episode. I need to, st- <laughs> I need to stop that. Um, really enjoying this game. It looks fantastic. I think it's. It's a suitable, or it do, it does justice to being the last game of the generation, yeah. the last first party. That game is, of, of course, a bold statement, especially early, so early in. 
Um, mm. But we'll, we'll so so far, I, it, it's 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 pushing all the all the right buttons for me. Mm. Yeah. So is it is it what you expected? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's exactly what I've expected so far. They, you know, they were very open in what kind of game this was going to be, especially in that state of play. And then they did a deeper dive shortly after it. With um, they've been giving us a lot of trailers, a lot of uh, a lot of gameplay videos. I th- yeah, it was exa- every. I think I knew exactly what I was getting into, mm. and it's 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 delivering on what it's what it said it was going to do. Yeah, look, I'm in a similar boat. Like in terms of uh, expectations, it is exactly where I thought it was going to be. Um, I had a, you know, a feeling that it was going to be, yeah, obviously very Japanesey and sort of around mm. that sort of uh, storytelling, uh, and it gets exactly that. So if you're if you're in that wheelhouse, then you're going to love it. Um, the gameplay is kind of what's drawing me forward, which is another thing I ex- I expected. We are very early days. I'm like what five percent, ten percent in it, you know. Uh, no, yeah, five percent. About five hours, allegedly fifty hours. I'm five percent into the game. Uh, and I, there's a lot more of the game to experience and 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 play. So these early impressions are a good indicator. But I wonder how it's going to go over a, a, a long run, especially with the story not in bringing me in as much as uh, I'd want it to. I do worried how burnt out I'm going to get in the coming hours. Well, would you like to know what the game? could have been before it became Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, taking to the PlayStation blog, co-founder Brian Fleming states that Sucker Punch Productions knew that it wanted to create a grand open-world experience featuring melee combat from the very start. From there, the team considered various settings and themes, such as pirates, Scottish outlaw Rob Roy McGregor. Oh, and- shit! That would be amazing! Rob Roy's a great story! And even the three musketeers. All of these were considered, but they kept coming back to feudal Japan and telling the story of the samurai warrior. Then, one fateful fall afternoon, we found a historical account of the Mongol invasion of Tsushima in 1274, and the entire vision clicked into place. Fleming talks of an evolving story and sweeping changes to the combat system throughout its development, but the team got through it by sticking to one clear vision – Quote, a lone samurai survives the Mongol invasion of Tsushima and is forced to reinvent himself to save his island home. Well, speaking of reinvent themselves, I want to add to that just as sort of a compliment towards Sucker Punch. This is this game is such a separation from Infamous. It's actually incredibly <laughs> remarkable what they've done here. Like, so the way I explained it was, it feels like a movie director where you know like say use kevin smith as an example he's made clerks he's made more rats there is two dick and fart joke you know movies and then he comes through with chasing amy which is his more artsy movie it's like every director that's that's made action films that then want to make that artsy movie to really demonstrate that they're more than just action you know superheroes Mm. which is what's done here like after after a series of infamous games they're like yeah we want to do something more something bigger something better and this is a complete departure from what they've done in the past and having it look so good play so well it is it is a remarkable statement on sucker punch that this mm. they're able to deliver yeah i i couldn't agree uh, we've got reverend puck in the chat man the three musketeers would have been a better assassin's creed <laughs> <laughs> awesome um so another story that i've pulled and i found this quite uh quite humorous because the headline read Sucker Punch nerf loading times for Ghost of Tsushima. 
So for an open world game, this game loads incredibly fast. It does. Whether you're whether you're fast traveling or respawning after dying, the game loads in seconds. Speaking to Kotaku, lead engine programmer Adrian Bentley explains what's happening to enable the game's speedy loading. It makes for an interesting reading. Um, so the long story is Soccer Punch's game engine is extremely efficient, keeping disk reads to a minimum by placing data very precisely. In layman's terms, pretty much every art asset used in Ghost of Tsushima is ready and loaded for whatever, for whenever it is needed. And this, combined with the game's mostly simple natu- natural environments, means pop-in is basically non-existent, and reloading after dying can be ultra-quick. Quote, when you die, we only need to rerun this quick spawn process with most of the data already loaded, Bentley says. Quote, in contrast, many other engines use serialization-based approaches which require reloading a substantial amount of data to run again. Bentley said the team had to artificially extend the downtime (laughs) to allow people to take in some of the tooltips during the loading screen. I've heard this being a concern as we head in towards solid state, like- (laughs) You know, with times being better and faster, it's just like, because there needs to be X amount of time on a load, apparently, in order for, like, you as a player to have that reset. Mm. So, because generally, when you die, it'll give you a tooltip. It's like, hey, this is how you died. Maybe try this next time. If we've got instantaneous loading, we're going to miss out on such great information. <laughs> yeah, that's, look, it is, it is, once again, that is. Do you believe that this like this is fantastic? This is certainly a potential step towards what will be PS5 load times. Like as this is the literal last game on the PS4, like from PlayStation, like directly from PlayStation Studios. Do you like this is what it's going to be, right? This is it. I hope so. This I is hope the future. So. It can only get better, right? Yeah. That's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. The game, the game is- I just, I just, I just found it funny that, that they had to nerf their loading times because they were too quick. Best problem to have. Best problem to have. But anyways, <laughs> thank you to everyone that did jump in and gave us their initial thoughts uh, on uh, Ghost of Tsushima. If you want to tell us what you think of Ghost of Tsushima, you can uh, go to your Facebooks and the Twitters or even the comments of this video. Uh, we would love to read them. I respond to every comment on every video we have on YouTube. So, Jump in there, and then I'll be sure to read it out next week because we'll do a follow-up section as we play uh, more into this game. Oh, and I now, should also I mention as well, thank you to PlayStation, PlayStation Australia for, for providing us the code to this game. Should mention Yes. That. Now, I'm really sorry, everyone. I know this is your favorite segment of the show, but there is no drop once again this week. All right, let, let's, uh, <laughs> let's pull up VG247. Let's see what they have to say. I don't know if there's even anything coming out. As I use my clicky ass keyboard. Let's have a look. VG 24-7. We need to go to July. Uh, Let's see. Ghost of Tsushima. So what what week are we needing here? We are needing from the 20th to the 25th. All right. Let's see. Uh, hmm. Got Rock of Ages 3. Make and Break. Uh, two PC games, Crisis Remastered on Switch, apparently, but I doubt that's happening. Uh, Carry On, which is not coming to PS4 anyway. No, there is literally nothing, according to VG247. 
Yeah. The next game of note to come to PS4 is Destroy Hall Humans, and that is on the 28th. That's a week and a half away. But that also includes Skater XL, which I'm hoping to, to, to get on. So if I can get Ghost done before Skater, that'd be awesome. And Fairy Tales that week too. I'm oh, so shit. <laughs> excited. That's what I'm, I'm going to be playing that so week. So <laughs> you're going to go from one japanese game to another. Oh, it's going to be great. Look at you. You get, you get Weeb Month. <laughs> Weeb Month's going great for you. Yeah. Anyway. The, we- the Weeb Month of July. <laughs> Who knew? International Weeb Month. There you go. International Weeb Month. All right. Let's send this bad boy home, Max. No worries. This PlayStation conversation happens every Monday morning at 8 a.m. on podcast services, including Spotify, and 9 a.m. on those YouTubes. If you'd like to be part of future conversations, please check out our socials, our Facebook, Discord, Twitter, Instagram. All of our links are in the description below. If you want to join the conversation as it happens, head over to twitch.tv slash thepopculturist where you can watch the show live. And you can jump in the chat just like Dash did, just like Reverend Puck, Mad Dog. Uh, there's someone else there. Nope, I missed it. Oh, and Dave at the start as well. Thank you, everyone that comes and joins. Like, it's, lo- it's We love doing the show in general and we love doing it with you guys watching chatting and becoming part of the show it's 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 great for us to have that feedback as we go and sort of add different insights into what we're talking about uh if you want to share the conversation you can you can tell your friends tell your family about this playstation pod go to your podcast service of choice be sure to give it a five star rating maybe even a written review if you're watching us on youtube be sure to like subscribe get the notification bell and help support us there uh and if you want to support us financially you can at patreon.com dot com slash the pop culturist or your merchandise store popculturist.com slash shop where you can buy shirts and other assorted shit with our logos on it and until next week i'm ryan vetson i'm max cooper and that was for the players i'm glad i didn't have to like lay down this week that's a big plus for me For the players, the Pop Culturist PlayStation Podcast is fan-supported at patreon.com slash thepopculturist. And we'd like to thank our Patreon producers and our Patreon founders for their kindness, their support, and their generosity. Our Patreon founders, Alpha Ferret, Craig O'Flaherty, David Chataway, Jesse Stevenson, and Jacob Garner. And our Patreon producers, AJ Abatomi, Damien Holdies, Kyle Dunn, Lee Winterchauvin, Nathan Massetti, Paul James, Pure Mongrel, and Sean Levitt.